Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. At one point in the conversation you're going to hear today with Pink, like the pop star Pink, she reminds you that she has been around for a while. She came out with her first records around the same time as Britney Spears or Jessica Simpson or Mandy Moore. But if you think about Pink, she has managed to stay so vital and so powerful for a long time in a music industry that kicks people to the curb real quick. She's got some thoughts on why. Those are coming up. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power, and you're listening to Q. So I think of all the popular disciplines out there, whether it's books or media or TV or film, that pop music probably has the shortest career lifespan, right? Maybe if you're lucky, you get some hits, you sell out some tours, and then you turn a certain age, especially for women, and there's a new generation ushered in. Pop music has got a lot of turnover. But Pink is an artist who has managed to keep going, to maintain an audience, and to maintain hit records for decades with songs like this one. You know what? You hear her music and the energy just changes in the room. It just does. Uh, That's Pink. She's won three Grammys, had four Billboard number ones. And she's well known not just for the powerful voice that you're hearing, but also for doing these incredible live shows where maybe she's on a trapeze or she's suspended upside down, you know, belting her face off. And now 25 odd years into her career, the world is starting to recognize Pink as a generation defining performer. Her album, Trustfall, came out earlier this year, and Tom Power got the chance to talk to her about it. He read her an introduction in the room, kind of similar to what I just said to you now, and let's just say she was pretty tickled by it. How are you? You hi. What an introduction. My God. That was really me. Yeah, well, that's it. That's all. uh, all I was like, yeah, I'm more like a rash. I just kind of don't go away. (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 less about being a generation defining artist it's more about being like a lesion that you can't seem to uh you can't seem to saw off that's it that's me uh nice to meet you i love the record thank you i'm so relieved <laughs> in in all in all honesty read the lesion and rash could you have ever have predicted that you would have lasted this long in in this music no but i wasn't really thinking that way I don't think I don't think anybody does. I mean, I don't know if, what people think. Who knows? I just know my weird brain. But I think I was I would have probably been voted least likely by who? Um, most <laughs> like by 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 in your hometown or like people in the industry that came or musicians that came out at the time. Both, all of the above, all of those boxes. Um, but I was also voted most likely to be behind bars in ten years <laughs> for my tenth um, grade yearbook. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a wild ride and I'm but here's the thing. I'm really 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 hard working and I also have a lot to say. Why what did you find yourself saying on this record? Oh my lord. 
The beautiful thing about this album is how long I took to make it. And when that happens, you know, you're as an as a songwriter, your favorite song is the last one you wrote because it's new and it's you know, it's what you wanted to say most recently. But then once you have the songs long enough, some just kind of fall by the wayside. And that's it's more of um uh edit, editing process, I guess. And I this album was curated over three years and a lot happened in all of our lives. Besides the pandemic, I lost my father. I lost one of my dearest friends eight months later. I'm still parenting young children. I'm a wife of 17 years. I have friendships and relationships and responsibilities. And, you know, my mom is getting older and so many things happening. And I, I write about what's happening in my life. I think each album for me is a, is a chapter of where I was right then. I could never write Misunderstood Stay because I'm not a 17-year-old punk anymore. Is When I Get There, the first track off the record, is that about your dad? For me, yeah. But I've lost a lot of people in my life. It could be about any of them. And I, I like, I, I wonder where they go. Like my little boy walks around the kitchen island and he, he goes, hey, Grandpa." So that's cool because he doesn't know what to say. But I always tell him, like, you can talk to your ancestors and your angels and they're always listening. And so he's just literally walking around the kitchen talking to grandpa. Mm. And the idea that he's out there somewhere watching over us is a nice idea. I think of you when I think about forever. I hear a joke and I know you would have told it better. I think of you out of the blue When I'm watching a movie that you'd hate You'd say it, you were never one to hesitate I didn't write that song, actually. That song was a gift. Um, it sent, um, David Hodges and Amy Wadge sent me that song after my dad passed away. Oh. Yeah. And it just felt like such a balm. I couldn't, I couldn't write that song. I haven't unpacked that suitcase yet. I saw a great video of, I think it was you singing a song he had written for you. Yeah. Well, not written for you, but he had written about his time in the service. Yeah, he could, man, he could finger pick with the best of them. He could play the hell out of a guitar. Did he have any aspirations to do that professionally? He did. He always wanted to be a rock star. My brother and I lived out both of his dreams. My dad always wanted to be... Uh, my dad was what he called a grunt in the Air Force, just enlisted. And my brother became a lieutenant colonel before he retired. And, and uh, that was one of my dad's dreams. And and to be a rock star, he actually sang in a quartet in the Air Force. He sang in like a vocal quartet in, in the Air Force? Yeah. So then this guy who has these big dreams of being a, a rock star who, you know, writes songs and, you know, lives through something very, very tough, gets to see his daughter live that very rare life. Not many people get to do that at all. He gets to see his daughter live that very, very rare life that he had sort of imagined for himself. That mm -hmm. you, you must feel something from that. I mean, relationships are complicated. My dad was a very complicated man. Yeah. And he had a really hard life. He had a really shit deck of cards dealt to him. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was just a, I think relationships are just really complicated. I don't care who you are or how much money you have or where you're from, relationships are complicated. And, you know, that's kind of, I don't know how else to explain it. I think he was happy for me. I'm sure he was proud of me. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. It's a beautiful record. I want to talk about another song on the record. I want to talk about um, Never Not Gonna Dance Again, uh, which is the single, I think, which is the lead single off the record. You wrote that with um, Max Martin and Shellback. Yes. So, Max Martin, for people who don't know, is one of the greatest sort of like hit makers in history. Yep. Um, he has written big songs for your Katy Perry, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, and all that. And Pink, sort of guy who lives in his studio over in Sweden, doesn't do any press, doesn't really talk to people very much, is a very mysterious guy. I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about how that song came about and just a little bit about your relationship with this guy over the years. Max and I did not want to work together. Um, in the beginning, uh, we were kind of put together just to see what happens by the record company. And when I met him, I brought three bottles of wine to the first session and he goes, what kind of a song do you want to write? And I go, I want to write a song about death just to kind of screw with them. And then we wrote who knew and first day and polished off one of those bottles and he really surprised me because he's actually a closet punk rocker and yeah. he's his knowledge of music is so vast and he's such a genius and he pulls from every genre like I do. And he's funny as hell. He's got the driest, awesomest sense of humor, very charming and a good guy. He's like a good guy. And we've worked together over the years, he was he was there. I I flew to Sweden um, while I was possibly getting a divorce from my husband, and I was one of a, it was a really dark time in my life. And you know, we wrote so what the first day. And then we wrote, I don't believe you. And then we wrote, please don't leave me. And we've written all of these beautiful songs together that have marked serious moments in my life. So when I'm sitting at home during the pandemic, I thought about all, you know, when your kid gets sick or you lose a parent, those are times when life really gets distilled down into what matters? <laughs> who am I? Who do I want to be? What's stopping me? And I thought about times like, when my kids want to play with me on the beach and I'm feeling insecure about my body and I 
missed the opportunity to make a memory with them because I was stuck in my head or, you know, much more surface level, like you're out and the song comes on and you want to get up and be free and dance, but you're, you're not the best dancer. And kind of just, we waste so many moments not doing what we want to do because we live in our heads and we worry about shit that doesn't matter. And so I called him and I said, Hey, I want to write a song. I want it to be called never going to not dance again, because if the world is ending and we're sliding sideways off our axis, then I want to, I want to dance. I want to dance. Here's a shot. I want to dance. And I said, no pressure, but it has to be the best song we've ever written. (laughs) (laughs) do you think you've learned anything are you a changed person coming out of this uh, this time uh, away yeah for sure i mean i think losing a parent is a suitcase that you will unpack for the rest of your life especially like i said relationships are complicated yeah um but yeah i mean i i'm learning every day and i'm learning real solid lessons and i'm also learning that we're there's so many batshit people in the world just super psycho and i'm learning that i do have a pretty sick sense of humor that i am able to fall back on most of the time why do you think you've been able to um survive in an industry that doesn't always allow for that kind of survival um well i kind of did things a little differently than most of the other artists out there um I realized very early that credit is not just given easily to young female pop stars. Um, So I'm going to pound the pavement. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to stay humble and I'm going to pound the pavement all over the world. And I'm going to become the best performer I can be because that's the part I love that and writing songs, the create, the creative process and performance is my favorite thing in the world. So I'm going to let everybody else sell perfume and be popular and be pretty. And I'm going to go work my ass off. And I did it and I, I did it backwards. So I don't like, whereas a lot of people have to put an album out to sell tickets. I don't have to do that. Like I can just go on tour because, because I've worked my ass off at being able to play stadiums, arenas, or clubs. And I've done it for 20 years and I love it. I love it. I love all of those places, clubs, arenas. So maybe it's because I did it backwards. Maybe it's because I'm relentless and maybe it's because I have an open dialogue with the people that are listening to my music. An open dialogue. How do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm being really, really vulnerable and open and honest. And I'm talking about my I'm not trying to write like the next bop. I'm I'm trying to save my soul. <laughs> it, it, what I'm hearing there is that like um, pop music and pop stardom can be so ephemeral that it can go away if you just rely on someone else to if, if you just re- release a song and hope that things are going to work out and get your picture taken and hope that things are going to be fine and hopefully you can have another song. You realize early that you have to. Um, 
not prove yourself, but you have to have something else. You have to get out there and work as hard as you possibly can and get on the road and offer people like the greatest live show they could ever experience and sort of like a Springsteenian model here to be like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are. You are going to have a relationship with me. You are going to have a relationship with this music. So therefore, I can stick, a, stick around um, a, a little bit longer than everybody else. That's, that's a powerful thing to learn early on, you know? Well, I had the best manager that ever did it. I mean, Roger Davies manages Cher, Joe Cocker, Sade, Tina Turner, Janet Jackson. I mean, these are some of the best live acts that have ever been. And he knows touring. And that was what we did. So he impressed to you that like, hey, this thing can all go away. But if you if you do a great live show, this they can't take this from you. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it too. You have to love it. It's too hard to do if you don't love it. Do you find yourself giving that kind of advice to young performers now? No, no. I try not to give advice. I hate people that give advice. What do you mean you hate? What do you mean you hate people who give advice is like good. Like it's nice to get advice from people. I mean, I've given advice on how to tour with babies because it's impossible and I did it somehow, but I don't think that I grew up, I came into the music business when it was a completely different business. I don't know what to tell anybody now. I don't know how this shit works. I'm already like over here doing this. I don't know how you do what you do. I don't, I'm not on TikTok. Like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I'm not on TikTok is the perfect distillation of my feelings these days as well. However, (laughs) however, I don't know. I don't, not that I don't buy it, but I kind of don't buy it because I feel like, like to last as long as you have, even just to say that to me, like you know, tour and have something you can back up is, is something, you know? Yeah. I guess I'm just not around people either. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I give my daughter a lot of advice and she's over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't listen to you. She does. I mean, she half listens. I'm not sure if she's listening. Um, We ha- we have to go, which is a bummer. Cause I'm, I'm enjoying talking to you. Me too. Um, well, but, if you're friends with Dallas, then we all have to get together and have his favorite Nika coffee grain whiskey. Dallas Green, uh, City in Color, of course. Pink and, and, and Dallas put out a record together a, a little while ago that I really loved. Years ago now. When are you guys going to do another one of those? Years ago. You should do another one of those. I keep telling him that, but he's he's all over the place. He's never not on the road. Never. I'm, I'm like yourself. Um, I want to go out on a song from the record that like we're going to get push to play the singles and all that stuff. But I wonder if there's a song on the record that's particularly meaningful to you that maybe isn't going to get the love of the other songs. Mm, my goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Uh, I would say either Turbulence or Lost Cause. Why? Lost Cause is just, it's, it's, there's so many good lines in that song. Um, and also it's, it's a bitch. It's, it's so good. I just love that song. I love that song. What's it about? Vocal range vocally is like challenging and wonderful. Um, it's just about how we can. I mean, when I learned it from my mom, but when I get into an argument, I'm really mean and I say <laughs> mean things, and I don't want to do that anymore. And lost cause is sort of like you can, you can throw stones at me, you can hate me, you can tell me I'm a loser, but don't tell me I'm a lost cause. Don't tell me that I can't be better. Please don't tell me that, that there's just zero redemption in my humanity. Lovely to meet you. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, thank you too. Is it me? 
Cause I know that you notice I hate kissing you with my eyes closed Keep them open and stare at your face Making sure that your eyes close Cause I was never taught to trust somebody Nobody Is it you? From her album Trust Fall, that's Pink with Lost Cause. Before that, you heard her conversation with Tom Power. I'm going to say I'm grateful that she's one of the pop stars that I grew up admiring. It's amazing to hear her talk about life. And just in case you didn't catch it, she said that we waste so many moments not doing things we want to do because we live in our heads. And I think it is a comfort to hear somebody as powerful as Pink say that she struggles with that, too. That's it for this episode of Q, the podcast. You can find another episode in your feed if you want to do some more listening today. It's a an inspiring chat with Sally Potter, who's a very successful film director who decided that in her 70s, she wanted to go back to one of her first loves that she did professionally when she was in her 20s, and that is singing. You can hear her tell Tom Power all about putting out her debut album at this point in her life and her career. If you've got something that you've been burning to do or try, this might be the chat for you. I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom Power. I'll see you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.